and welcome to Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. I'm Jen Setrauer, and this is a podcast all about navigating life in your 20s. Here we have a lot of fun as we discuss what it's like to follow God into the somewhat daunting phase of life called adulthood. I have by no means mastered the sacred art of adulting, but I have plenty of wisdom and funny stories to share about how I have stumbled through this phase of my life. You're listening to Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. Class is now in session. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I hope you are having a fabulous week wherever you are. I know that I am. And today we're going to be talking about Jen's guide to true self-care. But before we jump into that, I'd love to talk about what I am loving right now. So if you've been following along for a little bit, you know that I am a diehard popcorn lover. And recently I have been, well, kind of chronicling my popcorn consumption via Instagram stories. And I will oftentimes try out different flavors of popcorns, different brands of popcorns, and kind of put them up on a on a scale of one to 10. And I have tried a few new popcorns that I would love to tell you about today. Now I'm going to um, just tell you a few, and I'm going to start with the one that I liked the least and then um, go up on the ranking of the scale. Okay. So the scale is pretty much like just overall enjoyment, you know, flavor, texture. Um, can I eat a, can I eat it in large amounts? So <laughs> the first one, um, is a caramel and cheddar popcorn combination. And I think that the brand that I tried was my beloved boom chicka pop guys. I'm sorry, boom chicka pop. This is the worst popcorn I've had. <laughs> Now, I should have known that combining caramel popcorn and cheddar popcorn would be gross, but this was my mindset going into it. You know, at Christmas time, when you get those big barrels of popcorn that come with three flavors, they're normally butter, cheddar, and caramel. And then like at the very bottom of the of the bin when the little separator um, no longer has the strength to stand. You just take the separator out, give it all a mix and just eat what's left. That's what I was thinking this experience was going to be like, but it just really was not good. And I think at the end of the day, I just don't like caramel popcorn. Now I really love caramel and other stuff. It's like one of my favorite flavors, but on popcorn, it's just Mm -mm. It's just not good. Um, so I gave that one a five out of 10. Moving right along, I tried a popcorn that I did not think I would even be remotely interested in, and it rocked my world. Uh, let me start by saying I do not really like flaming hot flavored stuff. Like I like hot sauce. I like spicy food, but flaming hot as a flavor is just never appealing to me. Like, I feel like you're just burning off your taste buds, but I tried the smart food brand flaming hot white cheddar popcorn and I ate like the whole little bag in one sitting, which 
I was on a road trip, um, but I ate the whole thing and I was without any water or any beverage, mind you, which was probably foolish, but it was so good. Um, and I would give that one a nine out of 10. Okay. This next one is, uh, one that proves that the more you eat something of a particular flavor, the more you will like it. Growing up, I hated pickles and I hated pickle flavored things. Dill was just not my thing. But in the past few years, I have started to love dill flavored things and pickles. Um, let me make a quick pickle clarification. I do not like whole pickles and I've tried some different pickles that I don't like the taste of, but I think what I do like is, um, like the kosher deer, uh, dill pickle spears. So if there's any pickle fans out there and you want to educate me <laughs> on the different types, I'm, I'm open, but that's pretty much the only pickle I like and the pickles that are on, um, the Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe Chick-fil-A is what made me start liking pickles. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But I tried a, a popcorn that I am obsessed with. It's the Trader Joe's pickle popcorn. And it is so addicting. Um, I think I read the ingredients and I think it has citric acid on it and citric acid, um, gives you a good mouthfeel. It's what's on top of, um, like sour candies. So <laughs> I think that's where the sour flavor comes from on the, um, pickle popcorn. And <laughs> if you like pickle things, you're, you're going to love this popcorn. And I gave it a 10 out of 10. And that's crazy because I used to hate pickles, but Hey, people can change. Last one. This is a bonus. This is Snickers popcorn. My sister-in-law introduced it to me a couple of weeks ago and it rocked my world. It's just like the kind of, um, popcorn that I usually only get once a year, like at Christmas time. Um, at Christmas time, there's always like that dark chocolate drizzle popcorn that you can get at the store. And I love it so much. It's very dangerous. So I don't eat it year round just on the holidays. But, um, while I was visiting my family a couple of weeks ago, my sister-in-law introduced me to the Snickers popcorn and it was amazing. It's the perfect sweet and salty combination. So I give that one an 11 out of 10. It completely broke the scale. <laughs> so my popcorn lovers out there, if there's any popcorn that I need to try, please let me know. I'm always on the search for something new and delicious and innovative. Um, and if you want to tell me about some popcorn, reach out to me on Instagram at jen.zetrauer. Well, today is not Jen's guide to popcorn, but it is Jen's guide to true self-care. Okay, so what is self-care? All over social media, um, I feel like every day I see things about this whole like self-love and self-care kind of doctrine, and I feel like a lot of it is kind of rooted in selfishness, but I want to talk today about how truly caring for and loving yourself um, can actually bring glory to God. So whenever we think about living radical lives for Jesus, um, I think sometimes we think that it's all about these big, crazy moments um, and doing big, crazy things. 
But in all actuality, living simple, consistent, uh, disciplined lives is a way that we can care for ourselves and bring glory to God. So what kind of got me um, started on this little avenue of thinking was this book from A.W. Tozer called The Pursuit of God. And there's a chapter in this book called The Sacrament of Living. And it's all about how our whole entire life can bring God glory. So um, I used to like kind of live my life thinking that reading my Bible and praying and worshiping and leading people to Jesus was the only way that I could bring God glory. And everything else was kind of like, oh, why do I have to do these earthly things? Why do I have to do laundry? I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry I'm at work trying to make a living for myself when I could be, you know, weeping in the altar. I'm sorry that this is just, uh, I'm just, I felt like I was constantly feeling bad for not doing things that are more sacred. But this chapter of this book set me free from that. Um, A.W. Tozer says, One of the greatest hindrances to internal peace which the Christian encounters is the common habit of dividing our lives into two areas, the sacred and the secular. He also goes on to say, It is not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It is why he does it. The motive is everything. Let a man sanctify um, the Lord God in his heart, and he can thereafter do no common act. So what that means is when, when the motive of your heart is to bring God glory, no matter what you do, it can be sacred to God and it can bring God glory. So when we're talking about self-care, I just want to put a disclaimer out there that this is all about bringing glory to God in everything that we do. Another disclaimer is this. A lot of what I'm going to be talking about today is about disciplining yourself. So don't be offended. <laughs> now, a couple of scriptures I want to throw in there about discipline, um, I think will kind of help set the tone for um, some of the self-care things I'm talking about today. So Proverbs 10, 17 says, whoever heeds discipline shows the way of life, but whoever ignores instruction leads others astray. Proverbs 12, 1 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. And ouch, Galatians 5 talks about the fruits of the spirit. And one of those is self-control which has helped me a lot on my path to learning about self-care in my 20s. So today I'm going to give you seven ways that you can practice self-care in a way that brings glory to God. So before I do that, though, I want to I want to give paint a little picture of what my life looked like before I started um, intentionally doing some of these self-care things. Okay. Just imagine this with me. I wake up in the morning in a bed that just has kind of stuff all over it. I step out of bed and try to find an outfit, but nothing's clean. I find a pair of pants, but it, they can hardly button because I've been eating a lot of carbs <laughs> and they're too tight. I uh, run to the kitchen to make myself a French press, but oh no, 
the French press is dirty from yesterday. I'm going to have to clean it out, but that's going to make me late for work. The only other option is to drive and get coffee on my way to work from McDonald's, which isn't really that good and is going to cost me money. Um, I forgot to pack my lunch. And so now I'm going to have to come home on my lunch break, which is going to be an inconvenience. (laughs) You see, do you see where I'm going with this? (laughs) If we don't practice self-care in some little ways, we end up with lives that feel like they're spiraling out of control. So here are seven um, ways that you can practice self-care or seven types of self-care that I have learned in my 20s. Number one is get enough sleep slash rest. Sleep and rest. Um, it's very important that we get six to eight hours of, of sleep at the least. So I try to get eight to 10 hours of sleep if at all possible. Um, I know people that can function on less than that, but for me personally, I am exhausted if I don't get at least eight hours of sleep a night. So, um, that can be kind of hard, but, I think that we function better when we are well-rested and we are actually less likely to make bad choices and even less likely to fall into some different sin habits if we are not tired all the time. When you're tired, that really affects your mood. It affects your overall well-being and you're more likely to make mistakes or just do things um, that are out of character than you would if you were well-rested. It's really important to get enough rest. And this is kind of different from sleep. Rest has a lot to do with your soul. Um, Now, one thing that you might have to do to get the rest and the sleep that you need is you might have to miss out on some fun stuff every now and then. I can't tell you the amount of hangouts and parties and fun stuff that I've skipped so that I can make sure that I'm in bed on time, especially when we're in the middle of a work or school week. Um, I usually get up at 5 a.m. for work, so if I want to be well-rested and get my eight hours of sleep, that means that this grandma's going to be in bed by eight or nine. <laughs> so you've got to do what you've got to do. You've got to say no to things. Um, I want to say even about rest, it's okay to say no to really, really good opportunities um, to make sure that you're not overworked and you're not tired all the time. Um, a couple of years ago, I had a really hard time with this and I never said no to anyone ever. And, um, I was also in ministry school and working a job at the time. And I had to answer to several people, um, that were leaders in my life all the time that, you know, and they'd just be like, Jen, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? And, If it was just one person asking for help and I said yes, it probably would have been fine. But there was one period in my life where there were about three different people that looked to me as an assistant in that season of life. And I was saying yes to everybody all the time. And I was exhausted. I was so tired. But for me, um, it was just really hard to say no when I saw that there was a situation that really needed help or um, an opportunity that could really be good for me in ministry or whatever it might have been. But then as soon as I started saying no, it got easier and easier and I felt more and more rested. 
So that was what worked for me, but I want to encourage you to figure out what you need personally to feel rested in your soul. So my personal need is for alone time. I thrive when I get lots of alone time with myself and with God. I actually used used to not even know this about me. I've only figured this out just in the past two years. But for me, I thrive when I've had enough time to really be alone, really process my emotions, process my week, process my day um, with myself and with the Holy Spirit. And then I could be my full self, fully energized to help other people meet their needs. So get a lot of rest and get a good amount of sleep. Number two is eat nutritious food. <laughs> it is impossible. Oh, let me try that again. It is possible to eat nutritious even when you are on a budget. Um, so I've gone through my fair share of time of being on a budget and trying to make sure I was not just eating junk. And it really is possible. Um, in fact, I feel like you really do spend less money when you're cooking at home. So um, you're just really not going to feel good if you're filling your body with junk. And I get it. I've um, lived with roommates before, or I've had that season of life when... Um, I hung out with friends like every night and I know how it can be hard to say no when people in your life are wanting to go out and eat or they're wanting to celebrate every single day with cupcakes or something, but you were really not going to feel good um, if you're filling your body with junk. And this is where the discipline part can get really hard, but I'm going to drop a truth bomb. Okay. Your body doesn't always get what it wants. And if you can learn this with food, you can apply it to any kind of physical appetite. Your body does not get what it wants whenever it wants. Okay. And I learned this kind of with a kind of funny experience of breaking up with ice cream. So I used to eat ice cream every night. It was like my favorite thing. I'd rather have ice cream than dinner. I just love ice cream. Specifically, I love ice cream that has like chunks of cookie dough or candy or something like that in it. Major sweet tooth. Love sweets. Um, but I had to break up with ice cream. And I remember exactly where I was that night. I was driving home from like a worship practice and it was like 830. And I was thinking, hmm, I should just go to the store real quick and get a pint of Ben and Jerry's. And then I just had a check inside me of like, just because my body wants this does not mean that I have to give it to it. Like I'm just letting my appetites control me. And I was trying to eat really healthy at that point in my life. And I was just like, you know what, buddy, I'm not getting <laughs> ice cream. And from that point on, I really, um, have just like tried to be really good about disciplining myself when it comes to that. I'm not saying that dessert is bad, or if you're in a season where you eat dessert every night, that that's wrong. But if you find that it's actually damaging your body, 
try cutting it off because you have to tell yourself no sometimes. That's part of discipline. So um, figure out what your body needs and make sure that you're getting enough of those things. Um, I know that I have some friends that have like iron deficiencies that have to make sure that they um, eat things that are high in iron. Um, find out what things that you need. Maybe you need to start taking a supplement or maybe you're not eating enough greens. Make sure that you eat food that actually has nutrients in it and you're going to feel so much better. There was a season of my life where I ate at a particular, um, Tex-Mex chain that's very popular in America. Um, and I ate it all the time with my friends and I have not eaten it one time this year as a statement of discipline. Like I, even though I don't think there's anything wrong with eating this particular place, I don't feel like it's nutritious and I'm giving my body a year off from it as a treat. So, um, the last thing I'll say about nutrition is drink a lot of water. That is my cure for everything. If I, if I get a headache or if I feel tired or if I feel something coming on like a sickness, I just start downing water. (laughs) Or if any of my friends come to me and they're like, Jen, I really just don't feel good. I say, when's the last time you had some water? Like, I, I don't know if that really fixes everything, but nine times out of 10, if I don't feel good, if I just drink a liter of water, I will feel so much better. And I know I've talked, um, on the podcast before about like, um, how I drink a ton of coffee. Usually what I do is I balance it out with my water consumption. I try to drink four liters of water a day. So liters, 32 ounces. And I drink out of like a big glass Mason jar. After I drink, um, a liter of water, I reward myself with a cup of coffee and I usually do that three or four times a day. So, um, drink water, make sure you're getting enough of that because you will feel so much better. All right. So number three for self-care is take care of your outer man. Um, one way that you can do that is pretty obvious and that is by exercising. Now, I don't really particularly love exercising and I don't really know who does. I I hear people love running because you can get a runner's high. I've never had that before. I just mostly, um, don't really enjoy it while I'm exercising, but after you're done exercising, you feel so good and you just feel like you can take on the world. Um, exercising is so important, whether you just go on a walk or you're, um, disciplining yourself at the gym, make sure that you are taking care of your outer man. Um, another one with taking care of your outer man is skincare. Um, your skin is the biggest organ in your whole body. So make sure that you're taking care of your skin. Um, this one's been big for me this year. I'm very, I have very sensitive skin, so I have to make sure I don't get sunburnt. So I wear sunscreen and I, um, have like a nightly face routine and stuff like that. Um, doing that is so important because it adds up over time. And when you're older, you'll be so thankful that you have taken care of your skin. Um, another one is just like, taking care of your exterior and making sure you don't look like a hot mess. It is not materialistic. It brings God glory when you take care of yourself and you present yourself to the outer world in a great way. 
All right. Number four kind of goes along the same lines as that. And that is take care of your stuff. Set your future self up for success by doing the hard thing now. Okay. Um, clean your house. Um, that's one thing I talked about earlier in my example of like a bad day where you wake up and everything's dirty and nothing's clean and everything's falling apart. Clean your house, clean one room at a time, like just tidy up after yourself a little bit at a time. Um, I am naturally my first inclination is to be a little bit messy. And I hear that a lot of times that creatives are just kind of messy, but I'm not going to use my personality as an excuse (laughs) to have my life in shambles. I try to just not let things get out of hand because then I don't have to do like this huge cleanup thing, but it's just like a little bit of tidying here and there. Um, Here's a good tip on that one that I've learned, especially when you're like cooking or something clean as you go. Every time you use a dish or a measuring cup or whatever, um, just go ahead and clean it up as you've used it. And then it's not like a whole gigantic mess that's waiting for you. Um, I cook for myself pretty much every night of the week. And the worst thing ever is when you've made a delicious meal and you've sat down and you've enjoyed it. And then after that, you have to clean up the whole entire kitchen. Um, What I like to do is as I'm cooking my meal, I clean everything along the way so that when I sit down to eat my food, everything is clean except for the um, pot or pan or dish that I've made my food in. So then I just have that last thing to clean up before I get ready for bed. It's these little things that you can do to make sure that cleaning doesn't have to become this really stressful, time-consuming thing that you dread and you hate. But take care of your stuff. Do your laundry and take care of your clothes. (laughs) Another one is clean your car. I cannot tell you the amount of times I've been ashamed when people have looked in my car and have seen the disaster inside of it. I'm ashamed because that's not me. It is not my portion to have a really messy car. So what I do now is every day when I get out of the car, if I have something that I've used, I just take it into the house. It's not that hard, but let me tell you when I was in college and I still lived at home, um, once every few weeks, I would take my laundry basket to my car and I would just put every, everything that I had accumulated in my car in my laundry basket. And it was embarrassing. Like, why did I have so much junk in there? I don't know, but clean your car, take care of your stuff. All right. Number five, make a budget. I feel like this deserves its own episode at some point. And I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to find a really fun guest to come on and, um, talk through making a budget. But here's a couple of things about a budget. Um, if you care about yourself, you will want to make sure you are not sabotaging yourself by spending your money in a way that creates chaos for your future. Okay. Does that make sense? So budgeting helps you to know how much money you actually have to spend for bills, expensive, and then for fun stuff. You will be able to spend money with less stress if you know how much money you have allotted for having fun. So that's my favorite 
thing about having a budget is I'm actually able to spend more and have more fun once I've had a budget because I don't accidentally spend my bills money on just random things that I see at TJ Maxx. You know, you know how they get you. You just got to make a budget, know how much you have to spend, and then you will have a lot more fun. All right. Number six, allow yourself to have some fun. This is so important for taking care of yourself. Um, first of all, entertainment, find a show, find a movie, find a book, find some kind of entertainment that you love and allow yourself to enjoy it from time to time. I used to think that watching TV was just for sinners, but it's really not like you've got to give your brain some downtime. Um, one thing that I'm really into right now is watching cooking videos. I love watching cooking videos, watching shows about how to make things that are gourmet. I love watching. Well, honestly, I, I always talk about how much I love YouTube. Um, I love watching YouTube videos of renovations and home renovations, apartment renovations, I just love watching kind of DIY stuff. Find some entertainment that you like and allow yourself to enjoy it. Maybe you don't just sit down and binge watch Netflix for days at a time, but give yourself that time to rest and enjoy something. Um, another thing is leisure. What do you like to do that is leisurely and fun? Like, what do you like to do on the weekends? Hollow out some time in your schedule and make sure you're giving yourself time to have fun. Um, another one for me personally is shopping. I love, I love shopping and it doesn't even have to be like going out and buying big stuff. But like I've talked about before, just going thrifting or just going to look at stuff. I just love <laughs> If my mom is listening to this, I know she's shaking her head at me. I love going to look at stuff. Even window shopping is so fun because it inspires me. Um, I just think it's just important to let yourself have fun. There was a season in my life that I thought that like God was only pleased with me when I was doing holy stuff, but I just want to set someone free right now and say, God is not sitting in heaven, shaking his fist at you in anger because you decided to go do something that's fun. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, um, I'd like to add to this category of fun. Community is so important. Don't isolate yourself, but find friends, find family that you can let loose with and have a good time and just relax around. Um, friends and family help us to grow and they're such a gift from God. Shameless plug at one of my earlier episodes, Jen's Guide to BFFs. If you haven't heard that one yet, I would highly recommend it. I talk a lot about all of the different types of friendships we have in our life. And friends are just so important to helping us grow and helping us live life. And my last one, number seven in self-care is steward over your craft, steward over your gifting. For me, I have a lot of different stuff that I'm interested in. Um, for me, that looks like singing, playing the piano. I've recently picked up guitar um, I love art and I love writing. Um, 
if you want to practice self-care, you can do that with the gifts and the crafts that the Lord has given you. One of the most spiritual things that you can do to glorify the Lord is just to get back to basics and practice whatever that thing is for you. And that's going to bring glory to God because it shows that you actually care about um, sharpening those tools that he's given you. Um, just practice at those things that you enjoy or you feel called to. Maybe there's something that you do in, in public, like, um, singing or whatever that thing might be, or maybe it's something that you do in private, but practice it. It's going to make you feel better. And you know what? Your future self will thank you for it. That's a big thing that I do a lot is I, whenever I do something good for myself, I say, you're welcome future self. (laughs) (laughs) Or if I find that I've like cleaned something or, and I find something surprisingly cleaned or surprisingly prepared, um, I think, thank I say, thank you past self. Wow. You really set me up for success there. So those are, those are, um, seven ways that you can practice self-care that will glorify God and make you feel really good. All right, and here is Jen's tip of the week. So along the lines of self-care, one thing that I have found to be super helpful is checking in on myself from month to month to see how I'm doing. Now that might seem a little silly because maybe I should just know how I'm doing all the time, but I tend to have a very full schedule and I tend to be very involved in a lot of people's lives. And sometimes I don't really take the time to assess and see how I'm doing. Um, now there's a lot of things that I even enjoy doing and I want to be intentional about, but sometimes when we get busy, we get so overwhelmed that we don't realize that we're neglecting important areas of our life. Like for me, if I'm traveling a lot, um, especially this summer, I've traveled like sometimes almost every week just to somewhere. I don't realize that I've actually just been eating fast food a lot, or I don't realize that I haven't been sleeping or, um, having my quiet time every day. And some different things start to fall out of place and I start to neglect different areas of my life. And then, um, just I'm over my overall well being is not great. So having monthly progress reports slash check ins can be great. Um, one way that I do this is I kind of journal um, once a month and I just write down the things that I'm focusing on that month. So I might list it out and say, okay, podcast, um, working out, eating healthy. Uh, calling that friend I haven't talked to in a while. And I just list some of those things that are important. And I just kind of like look back on that throughout the month and think like, okay, have I actually been doing this? Have I been stewarding this well? And it's just so helpful to take the, take the time to have those little progress reports and check-ins. Um, that might seem over the top, but it can really help you to make sure that you're not neglecting things that are super important to you. So take the time and just check in on yourself each month or quarterly and just see how you're doing because you don't want to start neglecting areas that are important in your life. All right, and now is Jen's guide to quiet time. Today, we are looking at 
um, one of the longest passages in the Bible. It is the longest Psalm and that is Psalm 119. Now I'm not going to read the whole thing because that would take a really long time, but I'm going to read today just a snippet out of Psalm 119 verses 33 through 40 in the Passion Translation. And it says this, Give me revelation about the meaning of your ways so I can enjoy the reward of following them fully. Give me an understanding heart so that I can passionately know and obey your truth. Guide me into the paths that please you, for I take delight in all that you say. Cause my heart to bow before your words of wisdom and do and not to the wealth of this world. Help me to turn my eyes away from illusions so that I pursue only that which is true. Drench my soul with life as I walk in your paths. Reassure me of your promises, for I am your beloved, your servant who bows before you. Defend me from the criticism I face for keeping your beautiful words. See how I long with cravings for more of your ways? Let your righteousness revive my spirit. Oh, that is such a beautiful passage. So I have a few questions about this passage um, to meditate on and reflect on. So the first one is this. What do verses 33 through 34 say are the result of revelation and understanding? Why do you think that the psalmist prayed that his heart would bow before God's words of wisdom and not before the wealth of this world? Why do you think that um, this shift of heart posture from worldly wealth to heavenly wisdom is important? The psalmist said, help me to turn my eyes away from illusions so that I pursue only that which is true. Ask yourself, what am I meditating on that is an illusion and not rooted in truth? And I love to end each week with a prayer. And so here's my prayer for this week. Father, I thank you for the beautiful life that you have given me. Help me as I steward over the time that you have given me on this earth. I have set myself to bring you glory in everything that I do, from the smallest, most seemingly insignificant tasks to the big monumental moments and everything in between. Let this little life of mine bring you glory. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in this week to Jen's Guide to True Self-Care. I hope this has been very helpful and fun. And as always, um, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at jen.zetrauer. I hope you have a fabulous week and I will see you guys next time. (laughs) 